this is Sandy Hill. And I'm Chris Mitchell, and we are with Data Projections, and we're excited to bring to you another episode of Simply Connected. Simply Connected is a bi-monthly podcast that gives us the chance to uh, answer some of the questions that we see on a daily basis when it comes to AV integration and functionality in schools and in the corporate market. And with each episode, we will address a new topic. We'll look at new solutions in the industry. And on occasion, we will introduce you to some of the industry experts we work with. We look forward to sharing with you the ever-changing technology world of classrooms, conference rooms, and more. Can you remember the very first video conferencing session you were ever a part of? I mean, I guess the only thing I can go back to is when I was in the classroom and still working in the district was distance learning. Um, when we when we did distance learning where a Tanberg system, it had, you know, it had cameras in the front and the back of the room so you could see maybe you were going on a field trip to Chicago. Um, that is that was on those big, huge CRT TVs too, like a 36 inch thing that weighed. Yes, like yes, yes, yes. And the instructor would be on the camera. I mean, honestly, that's the only use I saw when I was in the um, in it still in education, still in the k-12 space right well and so uh i was thinking about the very first one i ever was a part of was the first day i started working for data projections and i came into my classroom and i or i came into the conference room here in the san antonio office and we had this big huge plasma display in the front and the ptz camera and some microphones i think on the table and i was being introduced to the rest of the sales team the uh here with the company um who were in austin and dallas and, and houston and whatnot and so i was introduced and i started off by my name is chris mitchell and i was yelling i was screaming because i didn't know what i was doing and and it was, <laughs> it was the first time i ever, ever was on camera and everybody laughed at me about that and i was worried about where the camera was coming and all kinds of things um but but I think back to then, and I think back to the camera that was in those rooms and the cameras that were on the old Tanbergs, and they were all these big, huge PTZs and, and all kinds of things. And um, it makes me wonder and think about the transition of where the cameras were 10, 15 years ago to where they are now. Um, and so now let me ask you this, what are you, when you walk into a conference room, what kind of camera do you often see? I often see a camera that automatically focuses on the audience or the, the participants in the conference room. So it'll either frame them or, you know, zoom in. Basically, that lately, that's the most recent one that I've seen. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we used to have the PTZ cameras that if you wanted to focus in somebody on the front of the table or the teacher in the front of the class or whatever it was, you had to use a preset um, on your control system or with your remote control for the camera, or you had to actually use something and do the zooming in and out uh, or pan it or tilt it or whatever it was to get the, the thing that you wanted. Right. Uh, and and often people didn't do it because you know, it was cumbersome. It was cumbersome. Yeah. We just didn't want to do it. It just was what it was. Um, and what that did is create a bad experience for the people on the far side. Um, and so, uh, the, the conversation that, uh, I had today, uh, was with Chris Renfro and who, who's with Polly, um, formerly Polycon, but before that he was, uh, I think he was actually with Cisco. And before that he was with Tanberg. So he's been in the video conferencing world for a long time. And, yeah, yeah. And what Chris and I talk about is 
um, what they're calling the intelligent camera or the smart camera, which does exactly what you're talking about, where it frames the people who are talking and uh, zooms in on them and, uh, and whatnot automatically without having to have the cumbersome touch panels and, and, and remote controls sitting on top of the table. So I um, hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Chris Renfro. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here today with Chris Renfo on this uh, next episode of Simply Connected. And uh, Chris comes to us from Poly, uh, and he's been working with us for many years and uh, covers both the education, uh, government, and uh, medical um, verticals, and really just has great insight on anything and everything that involves uh, video conferencing and unified communications. And so, uh, welcome, Chris. Do you want to take a few seconds and just kind of let people know uh, your background in, in the industry? Yeah, Chris, thanks for having me today. Um, prior to me being with Poly, I was uh, with Polycom for a number of years, um, and I, I came to Polycom from Cisco, where I was also there for a number of years because they'd acquired my first employer, which was Tanberg. So I've, I've spent the last 20-ish years um, working with video and UC-based manufacturers, almost all of that time focused on our, our kind of gov ed and med verticals in, in the Texas area. Very cool. Well, and, and that's it's interesting because really, you've really been a part of the, the big boys all the way along uh, that path with Tanberg, Cisco, um, Polycom, now Poly. Um, and so I think which is uh, very cool for us because it gives you some great insight in kind of uh, some of this UC world that we're going to be talking about. Um, one of the one of the things that uh, we wanted to ask you about was a trend that we're seeing in the conference rooms and even classrooms and whatnot uh, when it comes to video conferencing, uh, and that's the intelligent camera. Um, and uh, if you don't mind, could you like kind of dive in a little bit about what people mean by an intelligent camera system? Yeah, for sure. And I think um, I think the intelligence comes from a lot of different areas. Um, the, the hardware itself, for sure, um, in the, the optics and how they respond to the production rules written inside of the software on the camera, and then ultimately how that then ties back into um, the various ecosystems out there we're all a part of today, think Zoom, think Teams, et cetera, they all have different ways around how they want to handle what's presented from the camera and ultimately output it to the edge devices, you know, whether that's another conference room or whether it's someone on a, on a mobile, mobile phone or a smart device or even on their laptop. So I think it's really a, a, an intelligent camera is a, is a combination of multiple things beyond just the hardware itself, but the software I think is the key, key, key secret sauce in all of it. So if you were to kind of like, I guess, use just a basic description of, of what the intelligent camera does in a, in a system or in a conference room or something, um, what would you say, how would you describe it to somebody who um, isn't knowledgeable about this kind of stuff? Yeah, I think uh, through through the lens of how we do things here at Poly, it, it really comes down to trying to make the end user experience as as easy and as seamless as possible. And I say that because if you frame, no pun intended, what we've done in the past with cameras, they were historically always mechanical pan tilt zoom cameras that that responded to an action, either from a remote control or a, a pressure sensor in the floor or some sort of like a tracking collar 
or or like a, a touch panel in some way where you'd set presets or you're you know you're gonna zoom left, zoom right, up, down, in, out, etc. Fast forward to today in kind of thinking of that in the past, a lot of end users would not want to touch the remote control, touch the touch display, whatever it was. So you had a lot of cameras that were zoomed out as far as they would go, looking down the conference room table or or the full field of view in a classroom but you never really were able to truly benefit from the focus on, on an active speaker or a zone in the room or whatever, because it, it involved end user intervention. Yeah, Today with the, oh, go ahead. I was, gonna, I was gonna jump in there because I think that's, that's interesting because um, at Data Projections, we've done a lot of conference room, training rooms, classrooms, whatever it may be, that have um, those traditional pan tilt zoom PTZ cameras that maybe are in the front of the conference room or in the back of a classroom or whatever it may be. And you're right, we, we've programmed them to be very, uh, you know, uh, custom in, in some of those spaces where people can choose up to four, five, six presets or to physically be able to use the touch panel to pan, tilt and zoom, you know, to wherever they want in that room. And I think you're right. I think if I went into most of those spaces, they'd maybe use one or two of the presets and that's it. Um, and so you're, you're paying for a, a really high, you know, quality camera with a lot of functionality, but you're not really using it, I guess. Is that um, kind of what you guys have seen too? Yeah, for sure. And if you really want to take it a step further, you know, the, the analogy that we talk about a lot is uh, think of a television production. You know, if you're watching the game or you're watching the Grammys or whatever you're watching, there are a lot of folks that are moving cameras and people in the control room saying, okay, cut to camera one, cut to camera three. And that leads to a really good experience at the end of the day for, for the people on the other end of it. That same thing can be done um, with the scenario we both just described, Chris, with uh, custom control and custom programming, assuming we have uh, the, the operator in the space that can drive. Right. Over the last 18 months, you know, through a variety of reasons, um, our all of our lives have changed a lot um, where we work, where we teach, where we learn, where we go to the doctor. And the scale of that has jumped to the point to where the the resident expert slash operator in our spaces just doesn't scale anymore. So the the introduction of intelligent cameras that have some of these production rules built into them and intelligence to track a speaker or follow an active user or, or know that I need to get to a zone, all of those things done automatically at the camera level allow the end users to focus on what it is they're trying to do, whether that's teaching or have their board meeting or whatever it may be. So we're, we're the technology is still around, obviously, but we're making a lot of the back-end process um, automated so that the end users don't have to have that actual intervention to trigger a response. Very cool. Well, and I, and I think the, 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 the weird question that I may have for you, and I say that, because it's one of the, the things that myself and some of my colleagues have kind of like gone back and forth and asked, uh, and we seem to get different answers depending on who we're talking to. Um, but the technology that's used to, you know, uh, make these cameras, you know, and I'm putting this in air quotes, intelligent, um, is that based off the audio, like the microphones, or is it facial recognition, or is there some kind of like artificial intelligence or something like that that goes into that? I mean, is it kind of, is it that? you know, far out with the technology or what is, what exactly is it? Cause we don't have to use those step pads like we used to or, or whatnot. So what's it, what's it really using these days? 
Yeah, the, uh, the, the easy answer is yes to all your questions there, Chris. Okay. But what if, if you really kind of peel it back a little bit further, um, the, there's hardware involved, obviously, in the hardware, whether it's a microphone, whether it's a camera. Those two things in, in my world, those two things are ingesting data. They're ingesting audio, they're ingesting images so that the backend software, the AI that we've built into it with the production rules can then say, okay, I'm getting audio input from the left side of my room. And I also see from, from my optics that Chris has moved from his desk to the left side of the room. So that then tells the, the software inside of the device to, to trigger the hardware to behave a certain way so that now that I've moved to the left side of the room, I didn't pick up a remote control, I didn't push preset, I didn't stand on mat, but by, by the combination of the software intelligent, intelligently interacting with the hardware, it then said, Chris has moved two foot to the left, so move the camera to focus in on Chris. Now, would I be crazy to say how quick does that happen? I mean, is it, is it simultaneous or is it, I mean, is there a little bit of yeah. a lag there or? There's a bit of a lag, but um, some of that is customizable based on your space. You know, you may not want a camera jumping every, every time, you know, somebody sneezed across the room or whatever it may be. So you can, uh, you can time the speed at which the camera moves. You can, you can vary the transitions, you know, smooth transition from left to right, or I may just care about um, how Chris got from, not necessarily how he got from point A to B, but once I know that he's at B, let me show, show B. So a quick transition, smooth transitions, full tracking across the entire experience. So it's, uh, it's customizable based on the user and the application, um, obviously cognizant of the general environmentals that are in the room as well. Hence keyboard tapping, somebody coughing, et cetera. You don't necessarily want that camera to jump at every sound it hears or every movement by a particular active speaker. So it, it builds in a, a bit of a buffer to allow for well, things that automatically in the room. Yeah, and, and I would say that, I mean, I'd, I'd venture to say that basically with all the different you know manufacturers and systems that are out there, some of them are doing it one way, others are doing it, you know, some a different way and, and you know, and, and somewhere in between, right, or others. Um, and so really utilizing what you just kind of said about the different, you know, methods and me uh, to the madness, that's really the, the factors people need to take into consideration when they're considering uh, utilizing some level of a, an intelligent camera system in their, in their conference rooms, boardrooms, classrooms, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah. And Absolutely. All, all tracking is not created equal. Um, you know, when you're looking at things, especially if you're out evaluating this technology, um, experience it firsthand. Because if you're looking at a data sheet, it's really easy for everyone to have a checkbox that says they have tracking. Tracking is a subjective term, though. What, what tracking means to me may mean something very different to my competitor, which may mean something different to their competitor. So um, seeing is believing in these situations, in my opinion. And, um, you know, for the most part, when you look at, at cost of goods, a lot of things are, are fairly even these days. You don't see huge disparities. So that makes it a, the challenge of making a decision just based off of a spec sheet and, you know, a, a, a quote you saw online or something like that. You're, you may be missing what is ultimately the true importance of what you're trying to accomplish. So that is where I'd, uh, I'd really stress that, again, all tracking is not created equal, seeing is believing. Be sure you get your hands on it anywhere you can so that you experience it firsthand. Very cool. Well, and, and so, and, and in my world as a, as a, you know, AV reseller and integrator, um, you know, to kind of 
bring this back to me and uh, data projections. Um, you know, if I'm looking at you know conference rooms, if I'm looking at classrooms or, or whatever it may be, you know, is is there uh, spaces really in your mind that um, these intelligent camera systems shouldn't go into that we should still remain with that traditional PTZ system that has remote controls or touch panels or whatever it may be to, to manage those or or is the the technology that that's there right now that we use in the conference rooms is that going to be good enough for the classrooms or or should we go to something bigger and better I think it I think it ultimately comes down to the size of your space relative to the application in hand because Again, all the cameras are not created equal as well. Some may have a 90 degree field of view, for instance. Another one may have a 120 degree field of view, um, whereas others may be intelligently networked over your, over your back end infrastructure so that you can create these intelligent meshes of cameras, for lack of a better term, that that makes your ability to cover a, a larger space much more feasible. So I think it really does come down to absolutely you cannot take one of our products in particular, a P15, and expect it to cover a traditional classroom because the, the optics just don't have the correct field of view. They don't have the correct uh, depth of zoom and other factors that would allow you to sufficiently cover that space. It has a big brother that lends itself really well to that space, though. So when you when you are looking at these types of cameras, understand your space because that's important, but not necessarily the room dimensions that we used to all think of. Think about the usable space and where people are sitting and where people interact in the space. So those are really the areas that you want to cover. And then once you understand that relative to the application, you can find the right camera with the correct zoom and depth and the field of view that you need for for what you're trying to do. Gotcha. Well, and and so let me let me bring you to a, a little bit of a close with this conversation because I think the what you're saying is is you know dead on with what we've got and what we're seeing. But um, I think there's still that desire for a lot of people, even in really really large spaces, to kind of just use um, smaller cameras wherever they can. And a lot of that is, you know, usually due to cost. Um, but, you know, as you and I know, uh, technology is changing daily, right? I mean, weekly, monthly, it's always it, what it is today is not what it was two years ago. Um, and so in your mind, and, you know, do you see um, just a, a growth in this intelligent camera kind of, you know, ecosystem, uh, you know, to really allow a one size fits all kind of camera or just a, you know, um, it doesn't really matter what your space is. This is going to kind of, these cameras are going to be able to, to give them their answer. I'm not sure if I know exactly what I'm trying to ask you here, but, but I, I just think there's a lot of times a lot of people asking, Hey, I want to use one camera. It doesn't matter what space it is. It's, I, I want it to. to uh, I think I, I do get where you're going with that. Chris and I'd answer it this way. Um, when I go out to my garage, I have a lot of tools out in it. Um, I don't always pick up a hammer to turn a screw. Um, so always, 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 you want the right tool for the right application um, and because details do matter. But to expand upon your thought around the possibility of that one size fits all type of space with the camera, I don't know that necessarily one may fit all, but I think something that's coming in a very short order with us um, is the ability to cascade these uh, historically 
USB-based um, unintelligent devices, if you want to call them that, to cascade multiples of these into a space so that they're able to communicate with one another all the with the means of, of ingesting video and audio data and sharing it with the host machine to then convey it to the other end. So now where you may may try to do something with one camera in a space by introducing a second camera that's intelligently networked to the first, now you're going to be able to get the true coverage in your space that you need out of one form factor. Well, and I think maybe you're getting to the point where I'm thinking in my own mind, and it's probably a whole other podcast all in, in, in its own right, which is, you know, really how we went from um, like in the days of old with you with the, the old Tanberg systems and then the Cisco and, and even some of the poly systems that, you know, there was room systems and it was hardware that, you know, took care of all of the everything that you needed. You know, you had your microphones plugged in there, you had your cameras plugged in there. It, it processed all of the, all the information that you needed. And now we're doing it all really through software, whether that's through uh, my laptop or a, a room PC or a, uh, a you know, a little Nook PC behind a panel or whatever it may be, um, we're really processing all of these things through the, the computer um, as before, you know, we used to have full-blown codecs. And so I think those, the, the PC software, the soft client has really probably limited us a lot um, in some of this. And so maybe as these hardware, you know, changes are made and software changes are made or whatever it may be, we might get back to a little bit more, you know, yeah, for sure. And, and I, I wouldn't, um, because, you know, when, when we look at how this has evolved over the years, host machine is probably a, a better term than, say, host PC, because, you know, at, at, at its core, it could be a PC, it could be a Mac, or it could be a host machine running an application. Right. Um, then when you have that host machine running a specific application, and not to call out any, any favorites here, but Zoom um, is something that we're all doing a lot of lately, and it's something that we've all used for the last 18 months. Zoom has something coming out. Um, it's in beta right now, or it may actually be released, called Smart Gallery. It's an extension of their Zoom Room software that, you know, that Zoom Room software has to run on a host machine. It could be a PC. It could be an appliance or whatever it may be. But Zoom Room Smart Gallery takes the intelligence of an intelligent camera and does some really creative things with how they're they're sharing images to the remote side. So it's really democratizing the view for the remote participants, who, in my opinion, have always been the ones that suffered in video calls, because they've always been the ones kind of looking down that bowling alley, you know, when that traditional pan tilt zoom camera was zoomed out as far as it would go. Now something like Smart Gallery paired with an intelligent camera it can look into a room and say, hey, there are three people in that room. I'm going to show one square in my gallery view of all three people. But then Jerry on the left has been talking the majority of the time. So I'm going to break him out into his own individual square so that we're bringing him front of center at the same time that we maintain presence, maintain presence with all, all three people in the room. Oh, and take it a step further. If Susie starts talking in the room, she's going to occupy her own square. So it's this level of intelligence that the smart gallery is able to ingest based on what the smart camera is feeding them. And then from there, they're able to paint a really cool picture um, of, of the local participants as well as what the uh, remote participants are saying. 
Well, that's kind of cool because I think now we're going to have to go and, and do some research on the smart uh, gallery there by, by Zoom and see what that's doing and, and, and how they're doing it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, worth a look. It, it leads us to some homework uh, after today. So I appreciate that. So, um, but uh, I, again, I just want to, um, as we wrap up this conversation, I want to thank Chris for, for being a part of this with us and, uh, you know, look forward to just you know, whatever's coming down the pipeline, not just with Poly, but with, with the technology that's out there and the softwares and the hardware and how they all come together and how it's going to definitely uh, change uh, and keep up with the times as we go. So I definitely appreciate it. And uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for the time, Chris. All you out there listening to this, you know, ask questions, be inquisitive. Um, there are lots of really cool things happening out there that that you may not see on the surface of a spec sheet or, you know, off of a URL on a website. So uh uh, engage the resources you have available to you, ask questions and, and uh, learn, learn all the stuff that's happening out there. So Chris, again, thanks for the time. Hope we can do this again soon. No, definitely. Uh, we appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. See you later. Wow. That was a lot. Chris Renfro is, you know, his background and his, his knowledge and is, is always just really fascinating to me. Um, the thing that was interesting was talking about how, you know, cameras have evolved, obviously, and the intelligence he mentioned is in the hardware and the software. And then he said something about software sauce, which made me think of Chick-fil-A sauce. But tell me what software sauce means, Chris, because I really don't understand well, that. Well, so I think, you know, and I, and I hope I'm, I'm elaborating on, on the way he was elaborating on this, but really, you know, the, the secret sauce of each manufacturer uh, a little bit. So there's a lot of manufacturers that are out there that have some level of a intelligent camera, smart camera that does the, um, you know, the framing and the, uh, the uh, intelligent zooming and, and whatever it may be um, and tracking. A lot of them have that and they all do it a little bit differently. And so one of the, you know, and the camera, it doesn't matter how great the camera is, is that if that software that's the writing, the code that's written in there to actually do this, if it's not any good, the camera's not going to be any good. Got it. Okay. Good. But also, um, it also, because each one of them are a little bit different from these different manufacturers, um, it's really for the end user, for them to look at that and say, you know what, I like the way this one works, but, you know, don't just, you know, jump at the first one. There might be others out there that, that are better or that you like better. And so, um, you know, by talking to people, you know, like at, like us at Data Projections or whatever it may be to, to see, hey, what experience do I want to have in my conference room, in my classroom, when it comes to an intelligent camera, when it comes to the smart cameras that do the framing and, and the, the tracking and whatever it may, may be, um, because they are all a little bit different. And right. you may like one more than the other. And so being able to talk to, to resellers and integrators um, who who experience multiple manufacturers in that will help you out um, with that. Well, you know, last week we actually had um, a customer come in and we set up four different solutions because they were looking at presenters and a presenter on a stage or in a classroom as well as conference rooms. So we had the Logitech and the Poly and the Aver. We had several different cameras set up and we were showcasing and it was really fascinating. Not only um the camera quality and and the way it moved but whether it was a pre you know being able to preset some so that it could stay anyway 
it was a, it was a very good experience. Well, and and the the main thing about and, and you say the word experience, the main thing really that all of these companies are trying to do is make the experience for the end user better. Um, and so often when when people ask for conference rooms or whatever it may be, maybe they were looking for with cameras before, it was really about what's going to be easiest for me as the person in this room with the camera. Um, they didn't take necessarily into account what the person on the far side's experience was going to be. What were they going to see? Um, if I was just using a PTZ camera that was zoomed in to my face, but I had five people in the room, that's a bad experience for the person on the far side. If I have I have it completely zoomed out and I'm picking up everyone in the room, but you can't see anyone's faces, that's a bad experience for them. Um, you know, and I don't want to be sitting there hitting the preset button on a touch panel or on a remote. Right. Time. So, so it's about the experience of the people on both sides. And that's really what these companies have really begun to do uh, in a really cool way. And because it's not just the experience on one side, but it's both sides. And it's how easy is it? Um, yes. The other side that- of it is... If it's easy, um, people are going to like it. If it's what do we call that? You know, well, it's it's being simply connected. You know, which is what we are saying here with this podcast. You know, and and we want people to be simply connected to the the people on that far side, whether it's it's clients for yourself or whether it's um, you know partners or you know colleagues or whatever it may be. We want you to be simply connected, and and so um, don't hesitate to to ask your uh your reseller your partner um in av about the options with cameras especially with the smart cameras and the and the intelligent cameras that are out there these days so um and so say stay simply connected you know and uh thanks for joining us on this episode of uh simply connected